0: Welcome to Sex One Podcast, the first stop you should make for your motorsport fix. I'm Lily. I'm Sid. I'm Devon. And I'm Meris. So
1: today we are going to be talking all about a certain event that happened at the weekend. Any ideas,
0: guys? I'm not sure. I'm not sure mm-hmm. it what be. it could be. <laughs> so
1: we are going to be talking to you all about testing. We, we obviously know testing isn't the most representative, perhaps, of what the championship's gonna end up looking like, but we're gonna talk to you a little bit about what actually testing is. So guys, what is testing? Tell me.
2: It's a good question. Um, Generally, it's a chance for everybody to see the cars on track all at the same time, uh, putting in different uh, lap times on, you know, different fuel loads, different tires. Um, It gets a lot of stick for maybe not being very reliable in terms of being able to compare the teams as the term sandbagging. Um, but it's, it kind of just kicks the, kicks the season off, I guess.
3: In terms of the like, team's perspective, it's mainly for them to like correlate what they've seen in the wind tunnel, what they've done over the winter, and make sure that all their data they've got from that sort of correlates to what they're now seeing on track. So it, even though it's not the most amazing thing for us to watch in terms of like excitement, it's like probably the most important time for the teams of the year. Definitely, definitely.
1: So obviously it's very important for a driver just in general to be able to feedback to the team. We know George Russell is particularly good at this, but testing all, is really all about the feedback you're getting between the teams. So you'll have a pre-brief about your running plan, what's going to be going on for the day, what testing regimes are you going to be doing and then you're going to be constantly feedbacking when you're driving in the car, telling them how the balance is, the feel of the car, the drivability, just everything about how the car is feeling. Like even the most stupid stuff, they're reporting back. At the end of the day, they'll then have a debrief where they basically go over all of the stuff that's happened in the day, and this is really important to basically analyze and compare, like Maris said, the results they're getting on the track with the findings they got from the wind tunnel. Very, very important. Yeah. So we have we have a red flag. Anybody know what the red flag is? <laughs> Any ideas? End of the session. Yes. What is a safety car? Yeah. So we what test the safety car? car out. We get burnt Mylander to oh, have a little
0: drive around this king. <laughs> this year's safety car though is something else. Like, can we just, can we just take a moment of appreciation? They are both so beautiful. It's the red on the Mercedes that like really got me. I was like, hmm, that is yeah. what I expected. I think they had um,
2: the like silver Mercedes was the safety car for a long time or like yeah. Variations of the silver, and it—it it just, I mean, having two is incredible. But also, two that are, you know, bright colors, or so to say, bright colors as well. um It's very exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing them out on track as much as as much as the Formula <laughs> One guards you could say.
0: Yeah. And the Aston yeah. Martin, we'll have an Aston Martin leading the race at least. Aston. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Holding on to the hope. <laughs>
1: I, I really want to know, like, can both the cars go at the same speed limit? I think we should have... Brinley, one of our researchers, suggested this, that to decide what safety car is for each track, the safety cars should have a race. Yeah. Drag <laughs> Why? yeah. <laughs> Why
2: not? it for safety cars. Love exactly.
1: it. Exactly. <laughs> so as well as all of the stuff we've mentioned about testing... This is also a brilliant time for the drivers to get around to all their media commitments, talk about their sponsors, big them up, you know, sponsors getting their money's worth. And we also have this time where the drivers spend a lot of time in front of the green screen. Because they're doing all these little graphics that you will see at the start of the race when you're watching Sky F1 or whatever other platforms are available. (laughs) But when you're not
2: biased here,
1: we're not biased. (laughs) When you're watching, you know, you see Max Verstappen cross his arms, all serious. Yeah, that is what they're filming at
0: testing. Mm -hmm. I can just see it in my head, just like no, like I can see George Russell and I can see Nico Hulkenberg for some really weird reason. (laughs) It just (laughs) sticks. This
1: is kind of outside of what we're talking about but you know the video that has just been released of all the drivers and they're stood next to their cars and it's zooming in has anyone noticed how everyone else dead serious like no sign of a smile but you go to the mclaren boys and they're like trying to hide a smile they're yeah just, like, trying
2: even in it. the um even in the photo that they released you could just see like daniel ricardo's teeth just like yeah stood out from the rest of the rest of the group it's amazing
3: i mean you can't expect daniel not to smile let's be honest if they put a camera (laughs) in front of him he's gonna smile Mm -hmm. shall
1: we talk a little bit about the testing equipment that we bring with us and we try out on the cars so aero rakes who knows about aero rakes Mm -hmm. no bits so we we (laughs) we chuck these on the car and you can, you can put them at different parts of the car, and they have loads of tiny little sensors on, which measure the airflow. There's going to be a common theme with these, these testing equipments. It's all about airflow. I think we really do underestimate the amount of aero work that goes in. And like, if you're not a Formula One fan and you don't know, don't know as much as possibly we know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> aero is such a big thing. It can make or break a car as we will talk about as we go on in the podcast to talk about testing because yeah. hmm, interesting interesting world. very interesting my personal favorite piece of testing equipment below paint um,
0: that is i was I, I was hoping that was your <laughs> when you said favorite i was like please 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 yeah Blow-Viz. favorite just just favorite the color of
1: it just works did you see how it looked on the alpha tauri it made it look so yeah. much better
0: yeah i think they should have that they should add it I, I don't like Mercedes. Yeah, Mercedes don't use the neon one, which just doesn't sit well. I'm thinking, well, what's the point? That's not Flav's. Why? Then. <laughs> why are you using it? They use like a white one. I'm thinking, mm, it's a bit that a isn't what that, that isn't what I'm paying for. No, that isn't <laughs> my one. <laughs>
2: okay, so it's I'm gonna funny because some sorry, sometimes like you look from the front and it just you know there's nothing there and then. it... <laughs> The car comes around the corner and you just get like a big flash of like green on you know it might mm-hmm. be the rear wing or yeah. you know, along the side and it's like whoa because mm-hmm. they don't obviously they don't show every car coming out of the garage yeah um so you'll just see it fly past and be like well that's that's a bright green splodge on on the car <laughs> new livery
1: yeah um so flovin's paint shows surprise surprise the airflow all over the car um and then we have pitot tubes which are placed above the nose cone and these also measure airflow and then one which doesn't measure airflow the final one is heat sensitive stickers i don't know about you but i want i want me some heat sensitive stickers you can stick these to any components on the car and it's really good for testing the reliability because it can tell you what if there's coolant issues because you can chuck it on the gearbox is the gearbox getting too hot heat sensitive sticker will tell you
2: I I mean it's incredible what you can do with just like a sticker like
0: yeah
2: thinking back years and years within the history of Formula One you know way back then they would never have anything they wouldn't even imagine to have a sticker that can you know give you an incredible amount of data um, to help with reliability Um, and instead of having to have you know big machinery or lots of you know sensors and things that uh take a while to install or you have to figure out how to make them work within the car without you know compromising any aero or anything to have developed that into a sticker is just
3: it's insane it's great same with the paint like that's just crazy because to us it sort of just looks like a little pattern they've drawn it doesn't look like anything special and they'll go back and they'll say oh this has given us so much data and it's shown us so many things about the downforce and like how the winds go around the car and whatever. And that's so like mental and all the aerodynamicists get so much stuff from that. And we're sort of like, it looks pretty. Yeah, it's literally so so important to them. And like, you sort of see, you don't see the aero rates really during the season because they're quite like big and stuff. But I often see the flow viz like during the season, sometimes they use it or like mid-season tests because it's so like, smaller compact they can just like chuck it on which is such like an amazing thing they've developed to just be able to use it whenever
1: mm-hmm. yeah crazy what paint can do and what you can get from that isn't it so shall we start talking about what actually happened in testing
0: i yes, think we please. should mm-hmm.
1: so i did something really sad last night i was thinking i was writing the structure for everyone to look at for this podcast episode and i thought you know what order should we talk about the teams in and so I was really sad, I got all the timings, I added them all together, I worked out the mean, <laughs> And so I could <laughs> put skills. them in, in yeah. order, in order of like who was top and who was last. Obviously we need to take into consideration these laps were obviously done with different fuel loads, different setups. And so this is not representative at all. Cause like Yuki Tsunoda set a flyer doing quality laps, Whereas- no, That
0: was imagine- well like, okay, Let's just exactly. take a second, but that was insane. I was shocked,
1: I was shocked.
0: Honestly. It's
1: incredible. Right, so Lily, I think you're gonna take us away with
0: Red Bull. Yeah, so Red Bull, I don't, I expected them to be fast, but I don't think I expect them to be the fastest. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Coming into testing, I did expect Mercedes to even just put in one flying lap that was faster. But Red Bull, even Hamilton, so I've got notes, Hamilton has said that Red Bull is a different animal obviously Mm. we've got to take that into consideration they always come out and say a few things like oh we've not got you never know you know and also their suspension is like Mercedes this year they've taken like last season's Mercedes and sort of you know made a Mercedes style suspension obviously the driver lineup is I hate to admit it but it is strong you know yesterday like obviously people don't know Sunday um part one and part two they were fastest yeah you know Perez Perez at the fastest Like that max just was like no and he just went he was as fast as they got last season I'm pretty sure in Bahrain which pretty in testing much. you wouldn't expect and they're testing different flaws out as well so that could explain you know the inconsistencies in the days yeah but overall I think we actually have a chance of Red Bull challenging
3: Please if we go describe. into
0: the first <laughs> race, we could go into the first race and it be a fight, not just Mercedes one 2, 17 seconds ahead. Yeah, that'd be
1: really uh, really exciting.
0: Yeah, I am feeling like Ma- Max specifically has got a chance, at genuinely challenging for the for the world title, which is, yeah, it's uh, kind exciting. Of, yeah, it just makes me so happy. We all know yeah, that
2: you,
1: um, that Red Bull is built around Max. We all know that. But Checo has been handling really well. Yeah, he's been doing brilliant, and I really was not expecting that. I was thinking we might have a similar situation as we've had for the past few years. I was thinking, is Checo going to be able to handle a car which is so tailored to one driver? But yeah. no, he said that he said that the car seems very planted. It handles well, which does not sound like the rebel we had last
3: year at all.
0: They can't mm, did especially, look different.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. They've literally also, Red Bull, I swear I can't remember any reliability issues that they had or anything. The only thing that springs to mind is Perez's engine just covered, just oh, sort yeah. of flying away. Um, oh, yeah, but boss. apart from that, like, they had no reliability. They got their laps in. They were, like, consistent, fast. And obviously Mercedes didn't do that. So hopefully we will have a fight. <laughs> Even I'm saying that as a Mercedes fan. <laughs> Hopefully we will have a fight this season. Yeah, we have seen think... before
2: that the you know the second we spoke about it in the last podcast obviously but the the second seat issue in Red Bull a lot of the time comes down to a driver not really being able to handle the car um and I think for Perez to come out the blocks and be able to say that you know this this car I can handle it I've got a hold on this I think is very optimistic for for him. So yeah, they're off to a great start.
0: I just think the car did look good. The back end wasn't twitchy, which, with me, as being a Red Bull fan, I noticed that, and it pains me to say they had problems with the back end last year. What they did, like it wasn't planted around corners, it wasn't just wasn't, you know, it was snapping away quite easily.
1: Yeah,
0: didn't see obviously we saw a, we saw a few spins, but there was a sandstorm, so you know, it, let's take that into consideration. I'm just impressed. Yeah, Very I'm, impressed. I'm, yeah.
1: So. Red Bull are a high-rate car. They're a high-rate car. They've been like that for years. And it's never seemed to be just right for them. But this year, it seems a lot better, a lot better. And obviously, it's the last year of Honda engines, Honda supplying the engine, although they're bringing that forward. But do we think Honda are pulling out all of the stops for the last season? Do do we think they are putting that extra bit of work in to try and make it incredible for this This year, get the championship. Yeah,
0: Yeah, hundred percent. They they want it. Yeah,
2: Yeah. having, I mean, their exit from, um, McLaren was obviously not a very great way to to kind of leave the sport.
0: Um, So
2: yeah, they're gonna (laughs) they're gonna want to do everything they can. I mean, obviously, they're gonna want to do the best they can, regardless of you know whether they'd be staying in the sport or not. But to be able to leave on a high, and you know. I don't know what they're really looking to be doing in the future but for them to have like a lasting impression on the sport if they did ever want to consider coming back to the sport maybe that's something oh we they'll, be back. They'll, be back. Well, exactly. they'll
0: be back speak on well exactly they've shown in the, in the past years. yeah
1: they always um, say back. they're
0: leaving and they always come walking back <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that people just can't get rid of that. Like honda is the which can't get rid of it out of the sport it's just like it keeps coming back yeah, yeah. Bit, now they like, like Lonzo. Mm-hmm. sorry <laughs> yeah. to say it but a bit <laughs> like Alonso as well like, let's just be honest
3: and even they because they've backed Yuki to come in and everything yeah. and it's sort of if, if they step out are they just gonna like knock back him or continue with that and it seems weird for them to do that and then leave straight away so yeah. you know yeah
1: so next up we have
3: McLaren and I'm gonna take this one
1: thank you <laughs> um so I was freaking out over the testing weekend being like, oh God, I took two teams and I have nothing to say. So I've just been digging, writing some notes down from the interviews and all that. So, day one, Daniel Ricciardo comes in, does 45 laps. His fastest time was a one minute 32.203, and he was first in session one. That made me so hot, so happy. I was like, this is what we want. This is what we want, and he, he came out and he said that he pushed really hard. It was actually his first time being able to fully push in the McLaren because on the shakedown it was wet. He could not it's go. Full drizzly, control. wasn't it? Yeah, it was awful conditions, and so it was his first proper session. It ran well, and the car seemed very reliable and smooth. Then we brought in Lando for the afternoon. He set a one minute thirty point eight eight nine. He was P2! <laughs> I, I was crying internally. It was very tricky conditions. We have to take into consideration there was a sandstorm. Yeah. A, a full-on sandstorm. And he still managed to set in flyers. He came out and said that there are a few things to work on but nothing major. And they say that the conditions didn't actually like didn't affect their running programs. They still managed to get everything done. Day two, we came in and we still had fast laps, positive day, no issues as of yet. They were building confidence, going through normal running, they would do aero tests, short and long runs, one lap configurations. They even did power unit tests and reliable is all I can say on that point. Day three, apparently there were a few struggles that we didn't actually see because I don't know if you guys picked up on anything, but I didn't notice any issues there. But apparently they've been able to address them very quickly so it clearly isn't too big of a deal so in at mclaren right now there are no big issues or concerns They they have got a little diffuser thing that we will talk about a little bit more when we get onto our tech section but they have possibly found a loophole that is gonna be very very good and if it is completely legal and the fia completely pass it I think we can say for sure that other teams will be trying to follow. Definitely, I think the midfield think competition looks really really tight.
0: A lot, a lot tighter than I think we thought in our first podcast when we put our predictions out. Yeah. Way, way, way closer. Yeah. I think it's especially impressive from McLaren since they've
3: had to like integrate the new Merck engine into the car and they've literally seemly, seemingly had no problems. Obviously we don't know, but they've managed to make that work seemingly like straight away which is really impressive and if they had have had issues they're obviously small ones or they've managed to fix them so hoping for a couple of mclaren wins this season Yay! apparently though
1: from like an engineer's perspective this this is not good like the fact that they have no issues it's kind of like ah we don't have any issues when are they going to come up because it's better to have the issues in testing and be able to resolve them straight away, than wait until the Grand Prix start happening and suffer your reliability issues then.
2: Yeah, it kind of goes two ways, doesn't it? I mean, if they have found very small minor issues, as you know, some of them might have been reporting. I guess it then once it's on their radar, it's something that they can you know monitor and something that they can keep an eye on. Um, whereas if there's nothing major that they've found that you know okay this maybe is a weakness this is maybe the most um the most likely thing that's going to go wrong or you know anything like that um as much as they would want everything to be reliable as you said it can sometimes come back to to bite you um if you know next grand prix or a couple of grand prix down the line they do find something and think right this is completely taken us by surprise and they don't have the time to to uh, solve it in time for for the next race especially but, um, with these yeah, triple headers we've got. Mm-hmm. yes exactly that's it's going to put so much pressure um on, ev- on the entire sport but you're right if there's major problems and mecha- mechanical problems they've got such little time to to turn it around
1: exactly on to Alpine, my my last team to cover. They completed 396 laps. They they did good. And once again, they had no significant issues, much like McLaren. They had no reliability issues, but people are very quietly confident about them. They had a solid test, they went through a very intense program, and they they're really focusing on their aero testing this year, which is is questionable because it's not necessarily the most important factor of the car and so if they're putting all of the eggs in that basket on looking at the areas that have been affected by the new regulation changes if they're just focusing on this are they ignoring possible power unit issues that we could have are they ignoring other factors to focus on aero not a good idea but the drivers have gained confidence and one of the I don't really understand the whole management system at Alpine this year with no team principal. But one of the guys has said that there is no midfield, just a field. So hmm.
2: I guess you could saying a midfield would kind of just implies that it's the middle. Yeah, But I do get where they're coming from in the sense that it's a much wider midfield that's kind of encompassing most of the grid at this point. There's only really a couple of teams either side. So I guess the majority of it is now just the grid. So you could say that.
1: I think something we've all noticed and we'll go into a little bit more detail is the huge airbox they have. And just for a little basic rundown of what that actually is, Basically, they have slimmed their side pods because of the floor changes and the stuff that would have been there is stuff like coolers and radiators. And so they've had to move that up top. So the whole center of gravity of the car has changed. And this this can be an issue because obviously the center of gravity has changed. is kind of a big deal. But then move, making the side pods slimmer is all to seal the diffuser to gain the downforce that's been lost from the slimming of the floor. And so they're doing it for a good reason and it's all for air gain but there is a strong possibility of it being an aero nightmare. So fingers crossed this, this goes well is all I can say. But Alpine and McLaren are looking like very strong contenders this year.
3: Yeah, I think this isn't to do with the actual car but seeing Alonso, did you see him with that helmet he had on in that car and he literally looks like He's back in the Renault from like 2005, and five, six, And it's so amazing. Even seeing on the timing screens, like like uh, MSC for Schumacher, Alonso Vettel. I'm like, oh my God, all the fields are coming back. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. But I you thought that to, was so cool.
2: You have to wonder whether their choice of livery had anything to do with that. I mean, it's probably a bit far-fetched, yeah. but <laughs> you look at the photos and it's, it's uncanny. Um, I do think you could yeah, have something.
0: Like mm. something to do. It would make it sense. We yeah.
2: could make a we could make a loose link to that. But yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So
1: next up we're back over to Lily for Alpha Tauri. Honestly,
0: they shocked me. Like big really time. shocked me. Obviously again, there wasn't really many big issues to highlight there wasn't anything big that went wrong. There's no oh God, there's no highlights. Um my notes are just going everywhere <laughs> as we can tell. But yeah. Pierre Gasly has said he feels very good in the car compared to this time last year, which is always a positive because I actually thought this time last year there was no teething issues, really, I didn't really think there was problems no. so major. obviously he has got the confidence of the win to Definitely. sort of push him, but he's got a teammate that seems like he's going to push him like yeah. Yuki Tsunoda like, can we, where did that come from?
2: For a rookie to be topping the timesheets at one point, um, even if it's just during testing, I think it's incredible. It's, it I, I, well. I personally didn't know a huge amount about Sonoda. You know, people saying, no, "Oh, he's fast. He's going to be quick," but I was not expecting mm-hmm. him to be that quick. So yeah, very not impressive.
1: Hard. You also have to take into consideration he was a rookie in Formula Two last year.
0: I know yeah. that's
2: mad. It's mad.
0: Also, the Honda power power unit as we were saying no liability issues which like you said before it could be like a good and a bad thing it's obviously good there's no issues when they're doing that many laps because it was 300 the alpha tower did it was in the region of like two 300 laps in total and for there to be no issues with the power unit really shocks me especially with honda last season beginning of last season obviously max didn't even finish the first race with the honda mm-hmm. power unit yeah i just think we have a fight on our hands. I was thinking how we might with, with Sonoda. I didn't really think it would be much. I, I didn't want to diss him because obviously he is a good driver, but very young. Like he said, rookie in Formula Two, rookie in Formula One. He really shocked me. He like his really laps, shocked. his laps are shocking me and it's like itty bitty. And I just don't know. I just didn't expect it. You know, he's just like, he, just, he looks about 12. I just didn't expect him to whip a lap. And be able to challenge Max for laps as well. Obviously, that I know is. we don't know the fuel run, like the fuel load on Max's car, his car, the tires, and everything like that. But still, did anyone notice how Max came out straight after Yuki had set that fly? He
1: was like, no, "Not today." <laughs> not having this, <laughs>
0: yeah, just for like pride. He's like, "I yeah. have to be better." Yeah, oh. I just think they're gonna become like Red Bull and AlphaTauri are gonna become more combined as teams. Mm -hmm. You know, more similar cars. Obviously, I know Red Bull literally can't just give them the parts, but they're going to become a lot, a lot closer in teams. Have very similar cars, and I think they'll both be up there fighting one day. Yeah,
1: I think they're very close to being like fighting with each other.
0: Yeah, it would be very definitely. That would be Pierre Gasly in that car as well. Just seems he's such a good bit, ridiculously good. Like when we put him in, like obviously the Red Bull, and that was just a shambles. Like I love him, but him in that Red Bull is a shambles. And to so come back like a year later and win in a lesser car, I think, I think we're going to have a good lineup, and I think we're going to have a good. Hopefully, fingers crossed. A good car, good team, wins.
1: So Alfa yeah. Romeo, that's Devon's one.
2: Yes, um, I was quite impressed with Alfa Romeo personally. Um, they had both drivers run on the Friday. Um, and then Giovinazzi on the Saturday and Raikkonen on the Sunday. Um, they had really good reliability. I thought they completed everything that they set out to do. Um, obviously, with the changing conditions across the days, they don't have a huge amount of teammate reference. With you know only running one driver uh, per day, you're obviously going to have differing, differing uh, results. But Giovinazzi finished P5 on the Saturday. Raikkonen did P4 on the Sunday and he also did the most laps out of everyone so just shows that uh, the old man still got it so to say yeah um but yeah I just thought it was a, a solid performance um there was a lot of talk um from quite a few of the commentators actually about how close Alpha Romeo and Ferrari could be in terms of speed um I don't quite know how much I would maybe believe that but I think you know the the Ferrari family have all um, reported an improvement on the engine. Um, the drivers have seen that it's a noticeable improvement from from last year. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a it was a really solid, reliable running. They didn't seem to to encounter any problems apart from. Um, uh, a near miss between um Carlos Sainz and Kimi Raikkonen right at the end but um that, that almost
1: gave me heart. that was
2: weird yeah I personally think no. Carlos was in the wrong but <laughs> he kind of went for it looked like a bit of a move but not a move and yeah. there was just no space We're I testing. think if it had if it had been anybody like less experienced than Kimi I feel like we could have had a bit of a bit of a contact. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think Alpha Romeo did great. Um yeah. with, you know, the car they have. They showed good good um good promise.
1: One comment Antonio Giovinazzi made is it was in like his first interview. He said that it wasn't easy to be consistent. I don't quite know what he means by this. Is he suggesting the car isn't consistent or is he suggesting like the conditions weren't consistent? But I thought that's quite a peculiar peculiar comment because i thought the alphas were doing pretty damn good but yeah, yeah he did they seem don't... a little
2: negative about things he yeah. spoke to a couple of the presenters saying that he maybe wasn't as happy as he probably should have been i thought you know on paper at least they're they're good results so yeah, yeah i was a bit confused by that obviously we don't know what goes on behind the scenes so there may be stuff that we we're not
1: actually aware of yeah but even Kimmy said difficult. His, his exact line was things are difficult, but some things are good.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Kimmy, for your insight. Yeah, basically saying it could be bad, but it could be good. I'm not gonna yeah. tell you. It's Kimmy.
1: What else do we expect? I feel
0: Honestly. Like I, I
1: feel like we could all become professional Kimmy translators by this point. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Next up,
2: Ferrari, also Devon's team. Back to me again. Um so. A lot of the time they focused on just mapping the car, um, looking at a lot of data. Obviously, they've supposedly made a lot of changes and hopefully improvements. Um, so they did a lot of um kind of different runs. I think they pretty much pretty much finished their program as well. Um Mattia Bonotto said that their straight line speed deficit is less of a disadvantage comparing the performance from the weekend to um the bar Grand Prix last year so in terms of you know their straight line speed does seem to be improving um, pretty consistent results um, they tend to have on paper across the three days one of the drivers up p6 p5 and then the other down in around p13 up to p10 um, vice versa depending on you know what runs they're doing uh, the only thing I would maybe say is that Ferrari seemed to have the most reliability issues, um, out of the teams, obviously, uh, Charles red flagged the session on the, on the Friday. His was the only kind of on track breakdown, if you want to say, um, what else it was a hydraulic issue for science on the Sunday. He pulled it back, finished, uh, P3 on the Sunday, had a couple of spins and little wobbles, um, but I think that's mainly just confidence in, in handling. Um, But yeah, I think strange one for Ferrari. Um, Didn't show a huge amount of improvement, maybe from, you know, a fan's perspective, but the team do seem, seem quite happy with, with the weekend.
1: Going into testing, I thought Matteo Bonaccio made quite a strange comment. He said that um, that Carlos isn't fully integrated within the team, like he hasn't properly fit in yet. And I just thought that was a really peculiar comment to make. It's almost being so. like, yeah, you're not one of us yet, Carlos. <laughs> yeah. Just wait a little bit
3: longer and perhaps
1: you'll that do it. it. Like, know. They're already
3: starting on... Um moving his hairline back by stressing out you don't need to do that to him yet not yet like, you need to encourage him he's got some of the best hair on the grid come on <laughs> please let him keep it please
1: please Matea, please but despite Matea's comment Carlos said that he feels very well adapted and he feels like he's at home so clearly we've got two different perspectives here yeah yeah I'm hoping I'm hoping he's fully integrated and I think I think Carlos is so easy to get on with. I feel like he is the reason we had that bromance between Lando and Carlos, because look at Carlos and Charles. They already yeah. look like besties already. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he seems like a great guy. I think give him, give him some time to, to build up his confidence a bit. And I, I do, if Ferrari can make the improvements that they kind of need to, to be back up uh, where they should be, I think they could have an incredible driver lineup um, in hopefully not
3: two, maybe a couple of years, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, Williams, no, nothing of significance really happened with them. I know they completed a good number of laps, they were very consistent, no, they didn't have the Mercedes reliability issues that others had. Um, so over the three days they completed 304 laps, um, oh sorry. 373 laps I'm looking at the wrong one um which was actually more on average than they did last year in testing um over three days so the 373 most were George Russell um and I think what was really weird about it is that they had Roy Nisani as their first driver on the first day so weird. which I found a bit odd that they decided to have their test driver as like sort of the first impression to Mm -hmm. the car because I thought you'd well, the obvious option, I think, is to chuck in George and see yeah. what he thinks because he's driven the last car the last two years. He knows what's going on, how to help. Um, Nisani's obviously been part of the team for a few years. He knows because he's driven it last year in practice sessions. But I, I think a lot of people thought that was a weird choice to give him an entire day in the car. But I guess maybe to give him experience or, you know... Um, and so he did 83 laps the teeth he was in on the second day he had quite a few spins and I'm guessing we can sort of blame that on On the sandstorm I think that's a lot a lot of people were blaming it on um he had like two spins in two laps (laughs) sorry Um, we'll blame it on that yeah we'll blame (laughs) it on that Um, but yeah so they I think they had a good a good testing session um no problems, completed a lot of laps. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything. It, a lot of the teams were sort of not boring, but they didn't have many problems. I know, there's nothing which is that we can point out. Yeah.
1: I think on the topic of Roy Nassani, I know his role is the test driver, but if you, if you think about what testing actually is, it's making sure the car is as good as it can be for the start of the season. It's, it's making sure the drivers are comfortable with it. So, if you were going to use one of your other drivers, would you not want to put in your reserve driver just so that they know the feel of the car and how it runs, just in case they need to step in? Yeah, yeah do you it not think money,
0: money mm. had something yeah. to do with it? Obviously, I'm not. I know he's very wealthy, and I'm thinking maybe his dad might have put money into the team. Yeah, in like you, I don't want to speculate. Obviously, but yeah. we've got to speculate about something like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. I just think that maybe money has a big thing to do with it because I can't yeah. see any other good reason. But if you think
1: about Alfa Romeo, they're Alfa Romeo Allian, and Allen comes from Robert Kubica. That's the only reason they have that big sponsor. Hence, why yeah. a lot of Robert Kubica in the season. So, like, why wouldn't Alfa Romeo bring in Robert Kubica for testing if I
0: think, if it was a money money issue? Do you think it's because? Williams were struggling so much Mm. obviously I know they were then like bought out but obviously they had a lot of debt to pay off when they got Uh, bought out there was was an awful lot of debt I read some article about how much it was ridiculous amounts so do you think that maybe it had something to do with his dad to help him with that or just something it has to have something to do with money like everything in this sport has something to do with money yeah I
2: think that's probably the most likely option because you know it's not like it's a free practice session that's very kind of low stakes during the course of the season it's it's testing yeah. um and especially you would think this is quite a big season for Williams
0: hopefully being
2: you know the first season is crossed yeah they you know of them being you know fully um revamped so to say a drastic new livery um but yeah it didn't really it didn't make a huge amount of sense
1: on the subject of Williams I know I sent this in the group chat the article of Jost Kapita if that's how you say his name he's the big CEO the big investor who's come in and given us all the money for Williams he said that George Russell is very difficult to work with because he pushes the team so hard
3: this, this I don't understand fuming. that that's like that's contradicting yourself saying he's not helping by helping what that
0: doesn't make any sense he needs to push the team like just you'd want Williams to do well yeah maybe it's because obviously I know I don't know where the I don't know where the big CEOs is from He's is the American probably well <laughs> obviously British people and American people are extremely different we know that maybe it might be like I don't say lost in translation, but George coming across as being forceful. Mm-hmm. It's just him being like, you know, we like he wants a winning car. He wants to get to Mercedes. It's just him being like, you know, I need this. Like yeah. he's not going to sit and be like, you know what? Put me, put me on a donkey. Like I don't care. I'll do it on a donkey. He's not going to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: He, he yeah, wants a fast car. Especially when, I mean, I know nothing's confirmed, but he's most likely going to have a Mercedes seat. He's 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 got his foreseeable future somewhat sorted out and it's not like it would it would be worse if he sat there and thought well really it doesn't matter because i know that i have got somewhere to go i know that i've proven myself so why do i need to push the team when i've you know i've got somewhere to be going um, it just yeah no, it doesn't make sense because first of all george comes across as just a lovely person um, and a lot of the teams say that he's so communicative they and sing his so phrases. exactly so it just everyone yeah, it doesn't does. take everyone bit of who a, knows him. Shock.
0: claire william williams. never heard a bad thing about him from where where anyone was spoken to bad. in the racing world claire like. williams was so happy
1: with all the feedback it was like he's he's a brilliant driver he's basically you know like an engineer's dream because he, he yeah. knows what to say he gives the right feedback like in, in he's like running the team that you can understand it Or yeah, running the team it. that's not doing Alonso <laughs> <laughs> that's why well, I think they don't have a team principal this year they've got it in
0: the bloody car that, true <laughs> well maybe it's like Nicky Lauda he was like that he could literally sit and he'd tell them what needs to be changed to make the car like three seconds faster yeah it's probably just like that like I, I feel like I feel like we've all watched Rush yeah. I, feel, I feel like everyone's yeah. seen it and it, it he was very full obviously I know he's acting but it was it's based on <laughs> yeah. and he it, it comes across very forceful and I just think if you're a racing driver and you're not passionate then why are you in the car like get out like see ya like Formula One is a that comes
3: four. like yeah it comes back full circle to say if George is this amazing why the hell wouldn't they utilise that and have him in the car for at least one and a half days like all the other teams do? Yeah. yeah it's just weird it's... to not have your lead driver like that, especially on the first day as well.
0: Yeah. It... A weird one.
3: Yeah, Very yeah. weird. Maris, we're back to you for Mercedes. Okay. Now, I'm very upset about this. I know it's... Very <laughs> it's I think it's very hard to judge Mercedes because they do this whole... Pretending that they're a rubbish thing and then are like joking one, two by like a second. Um, I genuinely think they do have problems because normally what happens is that they do loads of laps, have no re- reliability, they're just not fast. This time they weren't fast and they had reliability problems as well. I think it started because they didn't do a shakedown. So yeah. loads of the other teams did. They didn't do one. And I think not normally shakedowns for like um photographs and filming days but obviously the team are going to use that and say so what do you think um and obviously they couldn't use that to do any sort of initial little problems so I think Bottas's gearbox problem on the first day might have been you could have maybe eradicated that by doing a shakedown even for like a couple of laps so um yeah they literally got the lowest laps out of all the teams in testing Bottas had the gearbox problem. Hamilton spun, which is so a lot. uncharacteristic. That's, there was quite a few yeah. spins. I know. Even so, he spun on the second day and the last day. When was and I after? can't remember a time when I can't remember a time when he's done that before. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to think. It's not because he's old and he's lost his touch, but maybe it's probably the car. Like, and everyone's saying, oh, it doesn't look as railed as it normally does. Like you've said how Lily how the Red Bull back end looks so much better it's planted. literally the opposite's yeah. happened to Mercedes. they switched mm-hmm. they're Can't. sliding around yeah. yeah
1: apparently it is it's because so Mercedes are going they're, they're going over to the high rake concept that Mercedes have had for Mercedes Red Bull have had for years, and to so this new high rake, you either get it right or you don't or you get it off. yeah
0: yeah Aunt mercedes doing their like filming day next week i someone on my live i can't remember put something about they're doing i know it's not a shakedown anymore because it'll be next week but they're doing their filming day in bahrain next week mm. and apparently they're bringing a new package next week so no one could copy it at testing it's of, course. of course it's, it's, the like plan. A, it's, yep. it's like a whole new <laughs> Apparently, I like, obviously they can't tell say that that like, is going to be the best package because you know they've not tested it. But apparently, that is what they're planning on doing. Their filming day is one day this week or just before the like the race weekend, and they're bringing a package mm. that yeah, yeah about I, the whole like
1: are are they sandbagging are they not question. One thing I thought was quite weird is the fact Valtteri Bottas came out and said that the rear is all over the place. It's very snappy and hard to handle. That's kind of if I was playing the F1 2020 game and I'd just said that in an interview, I would lose lose points for supporting my team. So, like, for him to come out and actually say that, it's kind of a bit like, Whoa, he just kind of dissed the team almost. Like, even,
0: even Hamilton did. Hamilton sort of obviously, Hamilton always does. Them, oh, Red Bull are gonna beat us. They're gonna, be- well, they're not. Let's be honest. Yeah. But they both genuinely seemed a little bit, even Toto in his interview, seemed not, not like shook up because that isn't the right word but they seemed a bit like oh crap like we've got a problem
3: yeah like this isn't what
0: we wanted yeah maybe
3: because how much leeway they had last year with being better than the rest of the pack to switch to the to switch to the high rake they maybe thought oh we've got the gap to be able to do that and try it out because we're so much further ahead i'm not sure how it works entirely but they've never been they never really show their hand in testing that much so I know they were first last year in testing, but before that, the only ever time they were first before is 2015. Ferrari were first in testing every single year in between. Yeah. So Mercedes are just a bunch of mind games. You never know yeah. what's going
0: on. I think it will be closer between Red Bull and Mercedes, but I don't think they're 17. Like, I don't think they're like back Bye. with like Williams and Haas let's be honest he's not going to be fighting with Mick Schumacher like Lewis Hamilton and Mick not going to be fighting on track as much as I'd love that one day one day be, Lewis Hamilton will be lapping him so like I, yeah yeah right shall we move on to Haas then Devon
2: yes um a lot a lot with Haas yeah there's a lot to say um yeah. they did a lot of mileage they did A lot of different range of simulations obviously having two rookies um, Goethe Steiner said that the purpose of the test was mainly to prepare their drivers um, and he was actually quite surprised at um, how honest their feedback was and how prepared they actually were Um, so I think for both of the drivers it was a great um, it was a great session obviously Mick had a um, a gearbox issue on the first day i didn't get as didn't get in as many laps as he, as he had hoped um but they all all of their, they finished between p15 and p12 across the weekend so maybe not quite as high as they maybe would have wanted but i think being realistic and you know they've come out and said that they're not really doing a huge um amount of development on the car i think it's a pretty It's okay um but yeah i think it was mainly for for the preparation of the drivers even for things like pit stops and uh practice starts and just getting used to you know all the different um engine modes all the different you know the steering wheel all the all the functions and everything um it was much of a kind of prepare let's prepare our drivers but i think they both did pretty well
0: yeah they both got some running in I I don't know if I want to say this line that I'm about to say but <laughs> Mazepin not speaking that this, but he shocked me in the car. He was He was ahead of Mick a lot. Yeah. yeah. Obviously there was no I feel like no matter what he does he'll get hate for it. Like he could win the race and he would be told he's a cheater. Yeah. So it's sort of like he can't really go any worse than he is if you get I mean like the no matter what he does, he'll get hate. He you Might as well just say, you know, screw it and just go for it. And he shocked me. There was no... I thought he would have a shunt, honestly. I did. And he didn't, like... he. A
2: couple of close calls, but nothing major.
3: Yeah. It wasn't really like, his
0: fault, so... Yeah, like the one with Lewis. No. If that would have been anyone else, Lewis would have got the blame. But because it was him, it's like, well, it's all man's opinion. I just think, well, really, if that would have been, like, Seb Vettel, Seb Vettel would have got the blame. No, not Steph, Louis, yeah. you know, I just mix my words up. Hamilton was about the blame. Yeah, he shocked me. Yeah,
1: definitely, and it really I think, shocked me. I think you know about the whole team radio thing where he's laughing, be like, "Ha ha!" Hamilton almost hit me. I think oh, people have taken everything out, out of context.
0: context.
1: Definitely.
0: Like, one made a mistake there, though. A mm-hmm. big mistake putting out the "ha ha" in the thing, like. Did it
1: makes it seem sarcastic but it was yeah. not like that I think it was like "Ha,
2: ah, well, that was a close one like that was a, that was it, a near me yeah. like yeah it, it was, was like, like, like a, a nervous kind of reaction to it, I guess yeah. when you're like that high adrenaline it wasn't he wouldn't have been laughing you know that well, if he was if that saying that it was that the road, close then yeah. it could have been he was obviously in a position where he felt it was gosh that was a that was a close oh. one but I just yeah it was completely
0: Dictated, out, of out of context. It was Lewis Hamilton spinning as well. If I was on the M62 and Lewis Hamilton spun in front of me, I would be like, ring, I'd ring my mum back. Oh my god, like nervous laugh. Lewis yeah. Hamilton doesn't spin. He doesn't. So it might have seven-time been seven-time like, world champion. Yeah, yeah. It's probably out of shock
3: as well. He's like, oh my god, mm. that's Hamilton who's just spun yeah, in front it of was me. Lewis Hamilton. He, and like, if you look at Hamilton's onboard, how fast Mazepin comes round is scarily fast yeah. to how he could have like hit Lewis. So it's just like a reaction you have in the moment. He didn't sit there calculating in his brain, thinking, "Oh, what's the, what's, what can I say that will make everybody <laughs> mad at the <laughs> like, oh, yeah. He's not going to do that. He I is not this really little, little,
1: He is not this evil little spawn. He, it, it, as much as we, we don't disagree. agree with anything he's done. As much as we do not condone anything he's done. No, he's not this evil little devil spawn
0: oh i've seen your tiktoks about this whole thing it makes me <laughs> so furious well, i can't even i can't speak but honestly i don't think f1 should have shown it i think they made a big mistake showing it because they knew showing that the amount of death Get threats he would already been getting mm-hmm. and to show it i think it was actually i think it was a little bit disgusting to show it mm-hmm. because why would you show it to someone who's already getting death threats like yeah they might not come and kill him but he's still getting death threats and that isn't right like no. their responsibility Obviously him, punish him. Yeah, they have to punish him for what he did, but they can't let him be subjected to death threats daily. Like, come on.
1: Please, to all our viewers and listeners listening to this, can we please remember we lost Antoine Hubert in 2019?
0: We That's lost Jules Bianchi ago. in
1: 2015. We've lost two drivers pretty pretty recently when you think about how safe the cars are now.
0: Yeah. And Even you're crash. Death upon someone. Mm. People we don't want to crash but not get hurt. Well,
3: I put Grosjean. Yeah, we don't want to wish thinking, oh, I, I hope someone crashes into him. Never think that. You never want to hope that happens to anybody. That's so
0: ridiculous to it's think. It's because he could learn. We never, like, he could. As like, much
1: as you dislike him, Jonathan, he has a family. He has friends. He, he is a person. Human yeah. being with feelings and emotions. Just like we are. Yeah, just like us. He may have done something extremely wrong and disgusting, but mm-hmm. there, there is always that chance for him to become a better person. And yeah, I think everyone in yeah. the Formula I think we have to
0: say that. and better people as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think the people wishing him death are a real fan because Nikita was in F2 when Antoine died, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He was. That was, like, his team... Not his teammate, but, you know, he's a colleague. Been, they were teammates before mm-hmm. in ART, lot um, they- Nikita Mazepin
1: and Antoine...
0: It's like he was, uh, he was there. Like he was in the race that someone died in, and there wish. I just think people who do that do need to take a long, hard look in the mirror.
2: Mm-hmm. I think bigger. it's going to
0: be. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's going to
2: be um, difficult for him this year because the media are just going to be, you know, they're going to be searching for things to to pin up against him, and he is going to be painted as the villain for a lot yeah. of a lot of this season. But as we said before, it will pass. It shouldn't, shouldn't be forgotten about, but it, no. you know, there's, it's always taken so much out of context and so much further than it needs to. Yeah. So let's, you know, I think I can speak for everybody. When we're talking about him as a driver, you need to separate his, his personal, personal mistakes and his driver ability. So, yeah, yeah just, you know, he needs uh, he needs to just redeem himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. On to the final team we need to cover is Aston Martin Racing.
0: Lily, take it away. I can't deal with them being last. I'm sorry. I I don't think (laughs) I can do it. No pain. Um, (laughs) We could just put it down to them having not not that many laps. They were fast. Yeah. just didn't have the laps. It was the reliability reliability that got me. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, the Mercedes gearbox, they had some, I did memorize it and it's gone seb yesterday i'm saying you say sunday seb on sunday (laughs) sunday he poor seb has had about three seconds in that car yeah like he's had nothing i know he's had like a hundred laps but compared to everyone else he's not really i don't know it makes me sad it brings me back to ferrari times when ferrari like sabotaging him and i'm like "No, no please don't do it like did you this is just not about the couch you see he's gone around with a notebook taking everyone's name oh
1: so adorable because because he does
0: the team yeah because he, he feels guilty that he doesn't know everyone's name yet
3: One so kind. He's like, and I,
0: honestly he needs to be cherished and they need to treat him right honestly the, there isn't much to say about the car like reliability issues it's a beautiful car like if it if it could win on it being beautiful it would win it would. Mm-hmm. good that they found the issues now really really good the issues have been found before the full season started they've got time to analyze data you know the gearbox isn't their issue you know they have to fix it but mercedes has to take responsibility for it yeah i just think it was a bit, a bit underwhelming mm-hmm. from uh, we all expected them to be you know up there with red bull mercedes and yesterday they were plum last Sunday yeah I is, think again.
2: the the hype surrounding the team didn't help that either I think if it was any other team any other midfield team it would have been oh okay they've not had a great weekend but the fact that everybody was so kind of hyped up for it and so looking forward to to seeing a nice quick green car out on the track um and it was it disappointing. just yeah
0: it just wasn't it it was fast ish when they did the runs but it wasn't again were they sandbagging because we never know yeah, I'm saying they were, I'm, being... I'm, I'm I'm gonna say they were but wishful thinking, thinking, we were. thinking we can yeah. hope yeah one yeah go. just a bit bit of a let down you know the car again I let down and I, I hate to say it because you know the pink hair and the, the pink on the car I've got a bond with it
1: yeah
0: but it let me down the reliability just let me down Let's wait, Q1. Let's wait for Q one. Let's wait for Q one. See yeah. what happens. I'll to sit and cry now. I did. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've shed all my tears. It's fine. All my tears, no tears left <laughs> to cry, as Ariana <laughs> would say. Oh well, yeah, it was
2: just a difficult weekend for them.
0: Yeah. yeah that's all
1: I can say. Welcome <laughs> to but We are joined here by Jacob, who is our technical specialist. He he knows all the stuff that we pretend we know.
0: So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> we just, we just read it and help we, the best. Jacob, <laughs> hey would
1: you like to get us started?
4: Um, yeah, so this year, although the cars are largely the same, there's been quite a few major changes to the aerodynamics at the rear of the car. So we've heard a lot about the floor changes, but there's also been changes to the diffuser, which is the area immediately under the rear wing, as well as on the rear brake ducts where Breno last season, no, Aston Martin, Racing Point were found to be cheating. So, essentially, these are very big. And James, James Alice said last year, that if you just made these changes and didn't try to adapt or recoup the downforce, you'd lose around two seconds a lap at Silverstone. So they're quite big changes in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. And then, so teams have had to come up with ways to try and recoup this downforce. And there's been lots of different approaches. I think Haas are probably the most simple because we know their budget's not the best. But teams like Mercedes, they've got kind of changes all along the floor. And I think that's really also going to make the bargeboard area more important, which is the area kind of to the, near the front tyre. And I remember on the McLaren shakedown at Silverstone, they had a picture of their car and they photoshopped out the bargeboard area because it's so complex and secretive because that's where you want to generate vortices to kind of seal the floor. Yeah. yeah
1: so regarding the mclaren diffuser loophole as people are calling it I, I don't really see it as a loophole as of such as what i've read about the rules it seems like it is fully legal it's not necessarily yeah. a loophole it's just reading the rules a little bit differently
0: um, yeah, reading them very carefully yeah, like reading- the das system last <laughs> year seems to be very reading them yeah. Yeah. To, to the t like just yeah um
1: push, pushing the limit so this this is supposedly to help gain downforce would you you elaborate on this for us help explain it to our little yeah so
4: i think there was some so there was some controversy as to whether they could attach something there but the rules don't explicitly ban it and they do allow it so there was some but once you read the rules and apply the rules to it the exact regulations, it's completely legal and i don't think some there was talk of maybe teams protesting it but it'll be marginal gains so i think it's a very good innovation it's good to see new developments but another other teams could try and copy it going into the season yeah. but then the whole point of aerodynamics is like a balance you're trying to find the optimum balance all throughout the car one tiny change at one point of the car could lead to massive changes at other points so it's all about making sure everything ties in together yeah so yeah And yeah, so they just added some more strakes because they cut out the innermost strake of the diffuser. Because the diffuser kind of looks like there's kind of lots of like kind of like a garden rake, essentially. Mm
0: -hmm.
4: And they've just added in some more strakes near the at the reference plane, which is the minimum height for stuff to be added on the car.
2: Yeah, you get the impression that some of the teams are just maybe a bit bitter that they didn't come up with it themselves, Um, obviously. (laughs) McLaren aren't gonna jeopardize their kind of credibility and you know, just for the sake, well, we obviously don't know how much of a difference it's gonna make quite yet, but yeah, I don't think they'd throw all that away with the kind of risky um, design Um, we'd
0: like to think they wouldn't because I never thought Racing Point would and then Racing Point just like whipped out last season they were like well we're just going to cheat and not care about it and then we're not going to get punished either Yeah, just 7.5 points each like okay it did cost them P3 in the end though yeah Yeah, that is that that cuts deep (laughs) obviously it seems like a
3: good idea because all the photographers are so desperate to get pictures of everyone else's cars Mm -hmm. so yeah I good on
1: another, them, I say. Good on them. Yeah, good on them. I think another big talking point that has been up in the air this this past weekend has been what people are calling the viennetta slash wobbly floor. Um, This is yeah. quite an interesting one. And I, I've done so much reading and listening to stuff on this and still not quite there on, on what it actually <laughs> means. But it's been said that it's either going to be really good all really bad. So for Aston Martin, yeah. it seems to be a good thing. For Mercedes at the minute, sandbagging, we don't really know, but it looks to not be the best. Do you want to you yeah. talk to us about that?
4: Yeah. So I think if I give a quick explanation of what downforce is, just to kind of help explain it a bit better. Yeah. So downforce, if you imagine an airplane, if you turn an airplane upside down, downforce is essentially trying to do what the opposite of an airplane wing does. An airplane wing is trying to make sure the airplane can stay up in the air, downforce is essentially flipping that on its head and it's trying to compress the car into the ground so underneath the car you've got a really strong area of low pressure and above the car you've got a much higher pressure area and the high pressure pushes down on the low pressure that's what gives you the downforce and essentially what the wobbly floor is trying to do is trying to generate vortices that help seal off the floor and to try and stop the high pressure kind of mixing with the low pressure Mm -hmm. it's like when you when you have like say a hot bath the steam rises like the the hot air wants to mix with the cold air so it's like that so all they're trying to do is just create water seeds that's sealing the floor and keep the low pressure separate so the diffuser can work it the best
1: so is this a good idea is it gonna be good for the teams
4: i think so it's important to say unless I've got a unless I can like get a wind tunnel and like have all the stuff the F1 teams do. Most people can't really make that kind of judgment, but I think it's yeah. in, it'll be interesting to see how it works out because I feel is like
2: a good one, yeah,
4: yeah. I think it's a good innovation. The Mercedes. Bear in mind, Mercedes have had less wind tunnel time this year
2: than anyone
4: than any yes. other team, so they are going to be slight. But whether that reduction in wind tunnel time is going to affect them on track, we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Another interesting thing I was looking into was this Venetian blinds thing, and so this is something that apparently has yeah. bought in, and has have not done that this year because if if it yeah. gets it's so easily damaged, and I think putting that on Roman Grosjean yeah. and Kevin Magnussen's cars that that was that was pretty, pretty um you know putting it yeah. on them when they could damage it, but so they've gone away from that. But other teams seem to have adopted this. Because if you damage it, there are airflow issues. So has it been like, nah. But other teams have added them. What is this all about? Do you yeah. know much on this?
4: I don't know much specifically about it, but I think yeah. it kind of comes down to the point. So if you, this is just an example, if, it all depends on the overall concept of the car. Mm-hmm. So if you take the front wing and if you want to design the single best front wing without ignoring, with it ignoring every other part of the car, it would look completely different to what we see on the cars. It's all about how everything works with each other. So how will it how will it affect the rear, the flow of air to the rear wing? Will it how will it affect the flow over the rear tyres? It all links together. And I think I think Renault are quite strong with the Venetian blinds they have a lot, or alpine rather. But yeah, it all comes up. I think that's going to be a really interesting area for development because that's where you can create vortices to seal the floor. Yeah. So I think the side, the bargeboard area is going to become probably the most developed part of the cars over the season.
2: Mm-hmm. So- yeah, you're right in the fact that there's they can change one thing about the car and it throws something else off completely. And I think yeah. that's, you could say, potentially why Mercedes were having a little bit of struggle with seemingly the rear end, um, seemed a bit twitchy. They've obviously made... Know, changes to the floor that's going to be affecting um the downforce and the balance of the car and all sorts of things like that so yeah i think bringing in these in a sense they're improving that specific component but you know we need things like testing and days to figure out how that has now impacted the rest of the car and whether yeah. this new component is worth bringing in if it's going to be affecting something else that's maybe more of a hindrance um than what they would be solving initially if that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. yeah
3: yeah if um sorry do you think if it's worth it for the teams to because they all go around taking all these photos is it even worth it for some of the teams to actually copy other cars if that part isn't even compatible like would it be worth it for a team to try and copy the mclaren diffuser if it wasn't compatible with their car or it wouldn't work or it would throw them off doing something else would it make their car worse or is like how long would that take to make if you tried to copy
4: i think i saw i was finally funny enough, i was reading an article earlier this week from someone the renault techn- alpine technical director he said from getting a photo of another car they can have a parts running in the wind tunnel say the mercedes floor they can have that in the wind tunnel within two to three days and they can have wow. that ready to go on track within a month for smaller parts like part you know like how the front wings kind of got like three steps yeah but like stuff like that they can get that within a week and a half 10 days especially if it's in europe they could have it potentially they could see it something in belgium they could potentially be ready to bring that for spa so that's how that's far these team's develop. It's
0: crazy. That, is, that's, that shows how, just how clever you yeah. have to be, though. Like that, again, highlights just what a complex yeah. sport it is. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. not I mean, just it's driving probably, around in circles. Yeah.
4: I think it's, unlike, it's unlikely that you probably would get it in a week, because, but you could theoretically. You'd probably yeah. spend maybe another week or two refining the design, making sure it's as good as it is, and would work with the rest of the car. But that just goes to show what can be done if they want to do it
0: yeah that's mad to think really
2: yeah if you're throwing all of your resources and time into that one thing then being able to get it that quickly you've then got to decide whether putting all your time and effort into this one component is going to make that difference or whether yeah this might just be something that they've developed and that team is seeing the improvements whereas that's might not potentially work within our package so yeah it's all about it's
1: so all about balance. Yeah. So something I don't think we could avoid discussing because I think we could all see it, is the huge airbox on the Alpine. Yeah. Thoughts.
4: So from what I from what they've Alpine have said, essentially what they've done is they've made the airbox bigger so they can fit a, a lot more of the engine higher up. And that means because the engine's not taking up as much space at the back of the car able to really narrow the side pods and essentially give themselves a larger floor so they can fit more aerodynamic devices and just help with that the cuts to the floor just give them more surface area for them to kind of work with there Mm -hmm. and the problem with that is is you're changing the center of gravity of the car so there will be a slight a definite like notice when you're handling the car but yeah that's quite interesting because not many teams have done that and They've said the aerodynamic gains they can get from the floor outweighs having the bulky airbox. Mm-hmm.
1: So our final thing we we're wanting to ask you about is the changes to the 2021 regulations in regards to like technical stuff, such as like the fuel loads and the, the time it's going to be adding on. Do, do, yeah. do you be able to talk to us about this?
4: So for the fuel, um, the commentators said 10 kilograms of fuel is worth around three tenths of a second so you can have a maximum of 110 kilograms of fuel so 11 times 3.3 on a high fuel run compared to a low fuel run that's instantly three and a half seconds of time compared and i think that's one of the reasons why you can't pay any attention to the times really especially on a long run because mercedes could say run every run they do with 50 kilograms of fuel that's instantly 1.5 seconds slower if they were running on such a low amount of fuel, if that makes sense. Yeah. As well as that, they also run, they never would run in kind of the race trim of engines and ERS. So it's very deceiving. And they can just also like add like blocks of lead to make the car heavier anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think there, for that see... reason alone, this, you see, yeah, not... sorry,
2: they um the I can't remember who it was. I think about being Alpha Tower. There was one point where you know, Sonoda was right up at the top and then, you know, comparing that to Gasly's times were miles off of that. And when, you know, just looking at that on a leaderboard alone, it looks like there's a massive gap between the two drivers in testing, but it just comes back to the fact that you've, there's so many factors and so many, um, you know, different things you have to take into account, whether it be fuel loads, whether it be conditions, whether it be time of the day, um as much as you know we need to we need testing to it gives us talking points it gives us the kind of excitement of of the season but you know we do have to take these things into account
4: with Sonoda, he was actually opening his drs on the start finish straight significantly earlier like he was activating it outside the activation zone so i believe it was up 250 meters before you're allowed to open it he was opening it
1: interesting
4: so he was, let's say, bending the rules a bit.
0: He was quite but literally he, flying. But it's Sonoda, <laughs> so we'll, we'll let him off because it's Sonoda. Come on, we've got to just let him off this once. For I'm going
1: to treat, treat him like a 12-year-old because he looks yeah. he looks so young. He's going to be babied. I'm sorry. He's, he's <laughs> just...
0: The fact that he's only, like, three years older than me mm. blows my mind. Mm. Like, it blows my mind. I just want to... I love him. So
1: I don't love don't him. Lie. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Jacob, our okay. expert name still to be decided. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. A good name. Thank yeah, you. I love good it. name. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. But thank you for joining us. We will definitely that's get you okay. on this mm-hmm. podcast some more. Definitely some really like... useful and interesting insight. Thank you for thank joining you. us. Well, yeah, thank, thank you. you. So, we want to say a big thank you to Jacob, our tech expert, for joining us from this podcast. Mm-hmm. We think he gave us some really insightful information we will definitely be getting him on here more he is our tech expert as we've said so we will get some more insight from him soon thank you all for joining us for this podcast episode all about testing we have just announced on our social media that we are going to be starting twitch streams so make sure you go to the link in our bio to follow sect one podcast on twitch so you never miss a stream thank you all for watching thank you thank you.